That's right. This is another origin story. This time about the Tinsel town of Mumbai. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello everyone. I am Savant. Hey everybody, my name is Ronnie and welcome to another episode of Surface Scratchers. Unlike Freakonomics Radio, this is a show that only explores the seen side of some things. On this week's episode, we explore the origin story of our city, of my city, the city of Mumbai. So Ron and I will take you through everything from its geological origins to its modern history. So it's going to be a great episode, Ron. How do we start? So we'll start at the beginnings, at the, at the real origins of the land that is today Western India, the mega continent, which was Panaji or Pangea, which yeah. India was a part of way back, you know, millions of years ago. And as everyone knows, India broke away from this continent and then drifted towards where it is now, which is Asia rammed into Asia and thus the Himalayas came up and all of that. Everyone knows this story. But the part of Western India, uh, a part called the Deccan Traps, so T-R-A-P-S is some Swedish origin thing, which which is basically some, you know, hill type, plateau type area. Have you heard of Gilbert uh, Hill? Yeah, I have heard of Gilbert Hill, Ron. Uh, it's actually not too far from uh, where our college was. So it's literally like a vertical column, right? Uh, and apparently, and it's so ancient, it apparently dates back to some 70 million years or some 66 million years. And it's correct. one of only three such towers or or whatever, like, you know, volcanic vertical columns, two being in Wyoming and California. And this is the third one. And interestingly, uh, I have family who uh, are into the, the business of movie making. So there's this very nice short movie that uh, one of my relatives has as directed on Gilbert Hill. So let's also link that video uh, in the description if that's possible, Ronnie. Right. So it, it's basically a monolithic structure, which is, you know, just juts out of nowhere in the middle of Mumbai. And it's quite similar to if you've, you know, taken a flight landing into Mumbai, uh, you'd see these strange hills, plateaus type of things, you know, where places like Mathiran, etc. are. All of these are parts of the Deccan traps. How they came out, uh, you know, how they originated is as the continent of India or the country of India or the landmass of India was moving from this Pangea to Asia, it moved over where current day Madagascar is, where there was, you know, a scene of high volcanic activity. This place is today, I think, referenced to as the reunion hotspot. So here was, you know, a series of volcanic activities that were happening. And as the landmass of India was floating above uh, the reunion hotspot, all of these, you know, Deccan traps, Gilbert Hill type places came about. And it was like huge back in the day. And, you know, covered approximately half the size of what India is today. As everyone knows, the topographical history of Bombay, it's it's originally seven islands, right? Uh, I'm just going to name the seven islands out. So there was the Isle of Bombay, which is, uh, if, if, if everyone's familiar with areas of Mumbai, it ranged, it ranged from Malabar Hill on the west side to somewhere near Dongri on the east side. Then there was Kolaba. There's also a really tiny island called Little Kolaba, or the British used to call it the Old Woman's Island. 
and uh, you know interestingly the 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 reclaimed road between little kolaba and kolaba is what we call today as kolaba causeway Uh-huh. Uh, very interestingly na a lot of these causeways were built to connect these islands and we still call them by that name uh, and i'll come to the few other causeways so so little kolaba was the third island mahim was the fourth one masgao or masgao in marathi was the fifth one parel and worli were the sixth and seventh one everything north of that was what we call the salset island uh, or the shashti island in the local language one thing i really find interesting about mumbai is one of those very rare cities or at least that i think where you can see the because of its beautiful peninsular shape, shape you huh? can see the sunrise also on the sea and the sunset also on the sea oh very nice yes that's true that's true yeah all right so uh, that was that was the ancient ancient history of uh, mumbai we'll now move on to the slightly less ancient and only single ancient history of mumbai as we as we just discovered it was a bunch of seven islands that actually were bombay and in the year 1000 bce this place was you know pretty well populated and had quite a lot of trade connections as well so the inhabitants the early inhabitants of mumbai were the koli fishing community these yeah. were largely you know uh, dravidian origin people and they were present all over gujarat the konkan the vindhya areas etc and in mumbai itself there were around three or four different tribes nala sopara where which is a small place in the northern parts of uh, mumbai today had yes. a pretty well flourishing port which had trade with places like egypt persia and rome and all of that and this greek geographer historian type fellow called ptolemy who is pretty popular had actually yeah, yeah. written about trade with place he called heptanesia which hepta is seven seven nesia oh. is islands so cluster of seven okay. islands which is what bombay was referred to so this is around in the first century or you know 150 ce but around this time is again when uh, the mauryan empire under ashoka and all of that this was again slightly earlier third century bce mumbai was you know a part of this mauryan empire and as as we know so they were uh, Buddh- buddhist no like absolutely. They were very strongly you know, buddhist yeah exactly exactly i think it was chandragupta maurya ashoka's father or oh, no wait was bimbisara ashoka's father anyway ashoka was a buddhist <laughs> and uh, the areas around mumbai had a lot of buddhist influence as well and a few popular caves like the kanheri caves in the sanjay gandhi national park sjnp oh yeah yes and uh, the mahakali caves which are just off jvlr uh, in andheri east owe their origins to uh, the mauryan period and you know the buddhist influences over there so these were of course residences and monasteries etc for buddhist monks there were you know sleeping quarters for monks communal areas dining areas etc and huge assembly halls as well in these caves this kaneri caves was like forbidden territory for kids on their school field trips because there were rumors that there are kidnappings happening there and you should never get into anywhere close to those kaneri caves but <laughs> little did we know that it was uh, an area for canoodling teenagers <laughs> and therefore we were forbidden to go there <laughs> but uh, yeah we were like it was it was a fairly established 
the story about how don't don't go to Canary Cave, especially alone. Go in a big group so that there's noise enough noise created. So that uh, the teenagers get teenagers get, also get, get a fair warning and stop. Yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. So, makes yeah. a lot of sense. So after the uh, Mauryan Empire, you know, faded away, Mumbai changed hands. many 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 number of times and i'm just going to you know quite rapidly go through the number the rulers that uh, came after the mauryan empire which ended in 185 bce so after that came okay. the satavahanas till okay. 250 ce the abhiras of western maharashtra and the vatakas till about 417 then came the kalachuris and the mauryas of the konkan these are a separate mauryas these guys constructed the jogeshwari caves in about 520 ce this is also very close to the mahakali caves of jvr then came the chalukya dynasty uh, till about 750 ce the rashtrakuta dynasty till 810 ce then the silhara dynasty who who built the valkeshwar temples the elephanta caves then came the yadava dynasty and uh, after that you know the notable dynasty that came was the gujarat uh, sultanate sultanate yeah these guys built you know the haji ali darga etc in mahim that that was that was you know the line of rulers that ruled over mumbai and bombay back back in the day yeah and it so, it somehow makes sense no given how this city is such a melting pot and, and it's not a very recent phenomenon for 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 decades and decades and and possibly centuries this city has been uh, witness to a lot of people thronging it ruling it coming here for work just because it's 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 natural location gives it such an advantage it's a very natural harbor which makes mm-hmm. it a great uh, uh, place for trade uh, also uh, you know back in the day and i will cover it in 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 the portuguese history part of it uh, it was you know always liable to attacks and 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 entries of a lot of foreign parties so so you can you can it makes sense why this city is the way it is today because of its its rich uh, uh you know history of of multiple people being a part of it yeah absolutely so anyway so coming to what i was talking about which is the portuguese rule which was immediately after the islamic rule so the portuguese rule uh you know started in 1534 and ended in 1661 the portuguese don't get as much credit for uh, their colonial history in mumbai as they do for obviously goa damandiu and the like of course they were there for a much longer time and therefore their history was imprinted much longer and the british kind of came in and, and and flushed out a lot of the portuguese history but the portuguese truly had a strong and lasting impact on bombay ron uh mm-hmm. how it started was in 1526 they first established their factory uh in what they used to call basaim or the british called basin or what we call today as vasai vasai was mm-hmm. critical and like a really important part of portuguese history in bombay so back then uh, bahadur shah uh, who was a part of the the gujarat sultanate was really weary and apprehensive that the mughals are are gaining power in in mainland india especially with humayun and so he he wanted to focus his energies there okay uh, and therefore he signed this treaty of uh, peace and commerce uh, with nuno da cunha who was the viceroy of portuguese india in 1535 and kind of ended the islamic rule in mumbai 
uh, ever since mm-hmm. then the portuguese take uh, took over and and they were really actively involved in the growth of religious orders in mumbai okay right. but the portuguese had a very funny way of managing bombay so how they did it was it was a lot of leasing and granting and and if you just you know think about it zoom out a little bit it was literally like they were playing a game of monopoly so i'll just quickly talk about who owned or who was granted what part of mumbai so the islands were leased to maestre diosho in 1534 that's when all the these guys were portuguese only all portuguese noblemen all portuguese noblemen many of them didn't even come to india okay oh. so uh, in in 1534 once maestre diosho was was leased the islands he built uh, the san miguel church or what we know today as the saint michael's church in mahim so parel vadala sain worli all these areas were given to manuel sharao uh, in 1545 uh, masga was granted to antonio peshova salset the whole suburban bombay was granted for 3 years to shao rodriguez uh, some trombe and chembur also were given to some dom rogue and shao pires uh, finally uh, this whole elephanta island was given to garcia de orto who was a portuguese physician and botanist so if you see literally areas were just granted or leased like it was some game board game that they were playing and you know uh-huh. once they were granted and leased these areas they were given one task so the portuguese really encourage intermarriage uh, with the local population and okay. that's when the whole proselytizing happened of the local communities so whether it was the kori community or the kumbhar community or the kunbi community all of them uh, were kind of forcefully converted uh, that's why you see a huge chunk of uh, converted catholics in mahim and worli and basin and vasai and oh. and all this collective populace today is called as east indian so east indian catholics are simply those who were converted by the local people converted by the portuguese back back in the 1500s and the 1600s Uh, so the annexation of portugal by spain in the late 1580s then opened the way for everyone else to pretty much come in but the portuguese weakened as an empire and mm-hmm. and the, the dutch came in and the british came in and that almost signaled the end of the portuguese reign especially in mumbai interestingly uh, and before i come to the final nail on the coffin of the portuguese in bombay uh, they set up a lot of institutes which today also you will find schools uh, named after that so in uh, 1585 on the in, in sayan this is the border of salset they mm-hmm. build the Nos, the nossa senhora de bom conselho or the our lady of good counsel today the olgc school still stands strong in the oh, same wow. area also the nossa senhora de salvachao our lady of salvation it's also called portuguese church it's also where my dad grew up that area very very strong portuguese uh, roots in that part of dadar and right and, uh, our lady of salvation is still a very famous school in in bombay uh, right. the the nail in the coffin for the portuguese empire was the marriage treaty as as everyone would have heard of between charles the 2nd of england and catherine of portugal on 8th may 1661 uh, bombay was given uh, to the british as possession as a part of catherine's dowry to charles so just like a game of monopoly just like uh, <laughs> you know dowry it was just the city and its people and its history and its culture and the islands were just given to the charles and and then the east indian east india company took it over to a whole new level so uh, uh, interestingly apart from uh, the dowry that 
Catherine of Braganza gave Charles the Second, which involved Mumbai. I think the port of Tangier in in Morocco, in Morocco. was also it was also part of this oh. dowry, and the British got Tangier and uh, Bombay. Oh, that's really interesting. Huh. Wow! Right, but but like as a part of the same dowry. Part of the same dowry. ये क्या negotiation हुआ होगा ना? Maybe Bombay was offered first. No, I want something more exotic, <laughs> <laughs> equally better food with another sea view. So ये ले take tangiers. Yeah, uh, and and like you mentioned, you know, uh, I I didn't I did not know that the Portuguese Empire was waning back then anyway. So maybe they weren't in a very good position to negotiate and you know. Not offer as much of a dowry, and if it wasn't England, maybe it would have been some other power, maybe Indian or international that would have come in, you know, taken up uh, possession over Bombay. So once once this uh, dowry thing was settled, uh, and you know, it was it was officially British territory now. Some chap called Abraham Shipman arrived in Bombay. and told the portuguese uh, in guy in charge over there that you know now this land is ours so the portuguese okay. guy apparently looked at the treaty or whatever and said bombay is now english territory so he said ha here it mentions the only bombay so the island of bombay you take baki sab we will keep so <laughs> all the other six seven islands and then after a little while that also he refused to give and there was a kind of a stalemate but eventually this was resolved and the entire you know uh, part and parcel of bombay went to the british and once the uh, english east india company uh, set up shop in india they they took over the, you know the rights of uh, you know governing and you know taking making business out of bombay from charles the second by paying him an annual rent that back in the day okay. was 10 pounds and Today adjusted for inflation or whatever, I think is a lakh or two. So for a very That's very it. nominal, yeah, for a very 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 nominal amount, the uh, the English East India Company took over, and with you know a few wars with the Marathas, they managed to grow the size of the presidency of Bombay as they used to call it, expanded a bit, and they also added in Sindh and Aden. Aden is a small port city in Yemen. In Yemen. Yeah, so Yemen's uh, Aden, Sindh, and Bombay, and parts of Maharashtra and Gujarat were now under the uh, East India Company. After the uh, uh, 1857 uprising, etc., it was handed over back to the Crown to Queen uh, Victoria. So there a lot of different things happened, you know, under uh, uh, British rule. But two things that I wanted to speak about were. Uh, a bunch of uh, pandemics that hit bombay unfortunately because of the narrative being driven by world war 1 and you know other such things around this time does not give enough importance to the pandemics that happened around this time so 1896 is when the bubonic plague came to uh, mumbai the death toll per week around that time was to around 2000 people were dying around that time oh god half the population of bombay fled bombay at this time uh then the bombay city uh you know improvement trust was created to you know safeguard bombay and make it more resistant to plagues and all of that as a result of which areas like dadar matunga vadala sayan became more suburban residential type areas 
and you will see that these areas are slightly better planned with you know maybe That's not any more yeah. today but yeah. but at least maybe in the 90s or 80s you would have seen that there were slightly wider roads buildings were airy etc to make sure that there is enough ventilation to stop such uh, uh, epidemics from happening again and one individual uh, that was very very instrumental in stopping all of this was a gentleman called Waldemar Hafkin and okay. the Hafkin institute i'm sure is something that most mumbaikars have heard about so yes. this guy worked really hard night and day to bring out the first vaccine for the plague there's an entire episode that we can do on uh, Waldemar uh, Hafkin later on another pandemic that hit uh, bombay was the the equivalent of the spanish flu the 1918 flu pandemic influenza pandemic about 17 18 million people were killed across the country in india but it entered india through bombay because of soldiers who were returning from world war 1 from uh, oh. europe and all of that so yeah. these two pandemics had a huge impact on the way uh, you know the architecture of bombay the expansion of the first suburbs which were like i said dadar matunga uh, sayan etc were created to relieve pressure from what we call town uh, today and coming towards the freedom movement uh, uh, lokmanya tilak was an important chap around here he yeah. had this magazine called kesari kesari correct yeah where he was he he was charged with sedition or something for printing something not suitable to the british government mohammad ali jinnah def- defended him in the bombay high court uh, against these charges of sedition there were two or three such instances one he lost and you know he was imprisoned um uh, gandhi ji got his start in in the political scene because of uh, protests against the rollet act which was essentially something like the uapa or something where you know people can be detained and incarcerated without trial or judicial review so gandhi protested this after rollet satyagraha yeah so he entered the popular culture you know imagination of people through uh, fighting this in bombay closer to you know our actual independence the quit india movement was kicked off uh, by gandhi in 1942 in the month of august at a maidan called gowalia tank today okay. i think it was also called back then agast kranti maidan so the That's movement great. that started in august was the quit india movement oh interesting and if i'm not wrong the first session of the indian national congress also was uh conducted in, in bombay i think in 1880 or in 1890 correct correct yeah. so after independence ron the history of mumbai is just like a cat and mouse game where everyone's scrambling for who does mumbai really belong to okay so there was this one parishad that was called the sayukta maharashtra parishad uh, which was a group with a single agenda to unite all marathi speaking territories into a single political unit and they they presented its point of view to the states reorganization committee in the 1950s saying that we need a separate maharashtra state by at the helm of it okay however the state reorganization committee in its report to the indian government in 1955 recommended a bilingual state which comprised maharashtra and gujarat with mumbai mm-hmm. at its capital 
so they wanted this bilingual state with mumbai at the helm of it the city's economic and political elite feared that bombay would decline under a government mm-hmm. committed to developing the rural hinterland and that's why i thought ki mumbai ko thoda sa separately rakho okay okay uh, on on 16 january 1956 nehru who was obviously the the pm of india the first pm of india announced india's decision to create separate states of maharashtra and gujarat but mumbai city would be under a central administration this led to like large demonstrations mass meetings riots uh, because the marathi populace was really passionate about being a part of maharashtra the mumbai police eventually dissolved these mass meetings but it led to a lot of bloodshed uh eventually the sayukta maharashtra movement uh yielded the output they wanted under yashwantrao chavan and uh, mumbai was a part of maharashtra right after that it was uh, it, the, it depends on what side of the party you are on and the way you look at mumbai's history but the way in the 1960s the marathi speaking middle class in mumbai uh who had been the most consistent supporters of this sayukta maharashtra parishad you know they kind of felt threatened because uh, uh in mumbai despite the creation of maharashtra and this was mainly because uh that time there was a textile boom in the 50s and 60s and and right. mumbai really attracted migrants from all over the world all over the country largely uh see the gujaratis and the marwadis were business communities right so they owned majority of the industry a mm-hmm. lot of south indians uh were white collar job people uh okay. and laborers were pretty much people from all over the country so the 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 middle class maharashtrian and the labor class maharashtrians really felt threatened and this was the trigger for this one very famous cartoonist who went by the name of varasaheb thakre uh mm-hmm. he had this weekly magazine called marmik so he would draw out uh these instances of of maharashtrians getting suppressed because of of outsiders and this whole movement a xenophobic movement of marathi pride the regionalistic pride uh, was started in 1963 so after that from the 1960s to now mumbai's history hasn't been the best you know let's put it that way thronged with the bomb blast of the 1992 followed by the riots or the other way around the riots followed by the bomb blast uh, multiple terrorist attacks uh, multiple floods uh unfortunately history books that would cover the most recent mumbai history won't be the most pleasant history and this city that's been you know uh has a beautiful history uh, a beautiful melting pot of cultures and language unfortunately is tarnished by by some external factors of of either a natural calamity or or man made terror so not the best history the most recent past all right with that we we we've looked at you know the origins of mumbai from the mega continent pangaea 60 70 million years ago to about the 2000s where we are today uh, we we look at uh, you know a few important architectural milestones institutions etc that came about uh, in in mumbai in this uh, next section and Savant had actually mentioned that you know Mumbai was a collection of seven islands back in the day. Today there aren't any more of these islands. They're all connected by causeways, as Savant had mentioned earlier. The first major project that connected uh, all of these islands was started by a chap called William Hornby, and the project was called the Hornby Vellard. 
Velard now is actually Causeway or something in Portuguese, and uh, this governor of Bombay, uh, Hornby, spent about one lakh rupees in seventeen eighty four eighty two types to you know start connecting these multiple islands. The Cyan Causeway, which was completed in eighteen o two by Jonathan Duncan, Little Colaba and Colaba were connected by the Colaba Causeway. and mahim causeway connected mahim to bandra and there's a rather nice interesting story to this uh, everyone knows of jamshed jamshed ji gg boy jj the guy who's yeah. got a hospital named after him and i think a school as well yeah right so it was his wife ava by jamshed ji gg boy who spent the money to get mahim causeway uh, constructed and i remember reading very somewhere that she made sure that because it was her money that was going in she wanted this to be a philanthropic effort and insisted that the state doesn't charge any fares or money from people or tolls from people using the causeway and this apparently was very very useful because bandra had a few christian uh, holy sites etc that people would go on pilgrimage and because before the causeway the only option was to go by boat bad weather etc would make boats capsize and people pilgrims lose their lives i have an interesting story again on architecture related thing so so uh, history has it that the oldest skyscraper in the world was in mumbai so it went by the name of watson's hotel uh, mm-hmm. today we call it the esplanade mansion uh, it is located in the kalagoda area of Mumbai, if you're if you're familiar with Mumbai's geography, so it's India's oldest surviving cast iron building, and and in back in the day when it was made, it was the world's tallest legit cast iron structure. So like a, uh-huh. the first skyscraper of the world. Very interesting story. Uh, Watson's Hotel apparently were fairly uh, racist, and they didn't allow Indians to enter too much. This one time, the great Jamshedji Tata. wanted to enter the watson hotel unfortunately was denied entry he goes back and creates <laughs> as a sort of revenge the best the one of the most beautiful hotels in the world that we know today the taj mahal hotel absolutely and this hotel was also the site of the lumiere brothers the guys who started oh. or discovered uh, cinematography and you know using movie cameras etc these french brothers who came to bombay and showed about five or six films in 1896 uh, maybe cool. jamshedji tata wanted to watch a movie uh, and that is when he was not allowed nice so on any more cool architectural stories not architecture but there are few uh, in notable institutions that you know came about uh, during british rule etc i'll just call out a few of them grant medical college uh, was the third you know hospital come medical college in the country came about in 1845 elphinstone college uh, was built in 1835 uh, the university of bombay was the first modern institution of higher education established in india so that's a first oh, for nice. them 1857 again great architecture uh, rajabai clock tower etc very 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 nice uh, best the bombay elect trick supply and transport i don't know if it's still called that or if it's just called it is, best it is right so bombay stock exchange again the oldest stock exchange in Bomb- uh, in asia was established in 1875 and this really blew me away electricity arrived in bombay in 
in Crawford wow. market in 1925 electric trains ran between VT or CST and Kurla so and that's now that's we're struggling for a metro 100 I years know. later <laughs> cool on to the last segment a super fun segment on the origin stories of a few of the names of areas in Mumbai so let's start with the area I was born and raised called Dadar. Uh, Dadar in Marathi or in, in, in like a dialect of Marathi actually means ladder. Uh, and back in the day, Dadar was almost like uh, one part of a small island that would connect uh, Worli and, and Mahim. So Dadar literally means ladder or the connector. Uh, ah, nice. So it sounds also like origins. ladder. The next is Church Gate. Uh, there was a big fort in Bombay, also called Fort area, so not unsurprisingly today. So the fort had three gates. One of the gate was uh, the entry to St. Thomas's Church. And that's why it was called Church Gate. Uh, once the in Thomas's fort Church was... still exists now, I think. Does it's it? Just, I'm not sure. Yeah, just, just knee high, uh, around Horringham Circle. Oh, cool. So, so that was Church Gate. Charney Road, again, has a very interesting story. In 1838, the British introduced a tax on herdsmen who wanted to have their cattle graze uh, in public grounds. Mm -hmm. uh, this most cattle owners obviously couldn't afford. So, Sir Jamsetji Jiji Boy, again, purchased some land near the Thakurdwar area, which is in Charney Road, which he then let these herdsmen use free for grazing. And thereby, oh. Charna is grazing in, in Hindi and Marathi, and Charney Road was born. Matunga, uh, again, a very nice residential area of Mumbai, gets its name from Matanga in Marathi or any other Sanskrit-derived language, which means elephant. So it oh. used to be a big elephant shelter during Raja Bhimdev's army in the 12th century. Uh, so Matunga, that's come from Matanga. Kurla, Kurla originated from Kurli or Kurlea, which means crabs in, in Marathi. So this area was very marshy and mm -hmm. uh, would be a great source for crabs. So just literally Kurlia became Kurla. Mm -hmm. Ghatkopar's roots traces to Ghat and Kopra. Ghat, as we know, is the western Ghats of the Sayadri range. And Kopra okay. in Marathi means corner. So while geographically not very accurate, it is kind of the corner of the western Ghats of the Sayadri. So it just became Ghatkopar. <laughs> Sorry, I just assumed that, you know, there was some Dobi Ghats over there and this was Ghat Ke Upar. Oh, Ghat Ke Upar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sain is a cool story. So when the Portuguese took the islands of Bombay by force, uh, they gave some part of the island to the Jesuits who built mm -hmm. a church in, this, in, the, in that area, which was uh, just the northernmost boundary of, of the city of Mumbai. Uh, and that uh, the Jesuits dedicated it to Mount Zion. The next one is Varsova. Varsova's local name is Vesave. Vesave is derived from Visava, which is a which is basically resting. So the mm -hmm. Kodis after fishing would need a place to rest. So they would come to Varsova. Bandra. <laughs> ba ba everyone's heard, everyone's traveled by local trains, right? When you approach Bandra, uh, it's it's very funny how how the announcer or the, the record pre-recorded announcement goes like Pudhil Station. Wandre, Agla station, Bandra. <laughs> Next station, 
Bandra. So she goes, she goes from a typical Maharashtrian saying Vandre to a really hip modern Mumbaiker saying Bandra. But yeah, so Bandra, unlike what how fancy it sounds, uh, is a corruption of the word Bandar. Bandar is oh. Persian for port, not not monkey. It's Persian for port, and yeah, both Indian yeah. and a lot of Indian and colonial languages call port uh, as Bandar. So no, the there Portuguese are still Bandars. Had, in uh, there's apollo bandar near gateway of india yes yes that's correct yeah so the portuguese had had built a sea facing fort there so that's how bandra was found uh, the last two <laughs> are actually my favorite bhindi bazar and chor bazar so let's start with chor bazar first contrary to what you think that you get stolen trinkets etc which you still do by the way uh, chor bazar is actually shore bazar so oh. the locals would call it because uh, the 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 traders would keep yelling out prices on the top of their voice so there would be a lot of noise in this oh, bazaar coming. so it was literally called shore bazaar the british couldn't say shore for some reason they called it chor bazaar and uh, <laughs> it so happens almost uh, then they also started selling stolen trinkets there and so the loop is completed in case you were <laughs> the last one is bhindi bazaar or bhindi bazaar in marathi it's not it, the origin story is not from them selling okra there as you would expect mm-hmm. so bhendi bazaar is literally the area behind crawford market so behind the biggest bazaar behind bazaar oh. bhendi bazaar <laughs> no <laughs> so way local take on behind the bazaar no way so yes uh so some this, interesting this, this is my favorite this is this is a til for me and my favorite origin story so these were some of the cool origin stories of areas there are some other interesting stories of agripada and paidhoni but maybe we'll save it for a better day so this brings us to the end of our story on the history of mumbai uh do drop us an email into surfacecratchers@gmail.com for feedback for recommendation for what we should do more of what we should do less of uh, we are learning as we go so we will take that feedback and definitely make this better for you thank you so much for listening uh, we hope you had a fun time and see you next week bye